0: We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish all while working in conservation and chasing kids.
1: I'm Julia Plugie with the Nebraska Game and
2: Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources.
3: And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures.
0: Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. This week's episode is going to be a two-fold. Uh, Originally, we were talking about doing a whole episode on snowshoeing. I mean, if you look outside, I think in all three of our states, there's plenty of snow to go snowshoeing. Sometimes in February, I mean, we're begging for snow so we can get the snowshoes on or get out and do that. But yeah, not this year. Honestly, I feel like we might be begging for the, the snow to melt. And as we record this, we are we are literally uh, just starting to warm up a Kick when one degrees feels like a balmy Bahamas weather compared to what it has been in our states the last couple days. We've been kind of stuck inside, which is, it's uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to stay inside on <laughs> these last few days, but it's it's looking great. It's going to look 30 degrees here in Nebraska this weekend, and now is this weekend is going to be the time to start getting outside and exploring the wilderness once again. So, you know, with all that, we, we were brainstorming, having this episode on snowshoeing Uh, my friend amy carriato came to mind and i know she snowshoes and i actually know her not from snowshoeing but more so her volunteer time and then her professional career um, of being a teacher and so it's kind of cool we're going to talk about what she teaches today and then segue into some snowshoeing discussion without further ado and we better move forward before the bell rings again because she she is in her office in a high school. Uh, welcome Amy. Thank you. Uh, Amy teaches outdoor adventures at Lincoln Southwest High School in Lincoln, Nebraska. Her first teaching job offered the opportunity to teach hiking in Marin County just north of San Francisco. Different view than here in Nebraska, Kansas and Iowa. Amy moved back to Nebraska where she's originally from to teach at Lincoln high uh, where she was able to start an outdoor adventures class focusing on team building and challenge course elements she continued to expand the curriculum which we will later discuss in this episode amy's passion for outdoors is not just didn't just start in the classroom whenever possible she's out hiking snowshoeing camping biking running fly fishing water sports and nature photography you uh, Amy are literally outside and when she cans or literally she is outdoor skills 24 7 uh, both in her career and her passion um, and even with her family and knowing students will be barging into the classroom soon we better move on with our questions
3: so Again, uh, we're going to start asking you some questions, Amy. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. It's a it's a pleasure to get to meet you. Um, any friend of Julia's is a friend of ours for the most part, but um, it's so great to have you here. You know, one of the things that I'm curious with about you specifically is it seems like um, when I started exploring like outdoor education, I was warned like be careful about doing something you love for a career because you can burn out on it and it can start to feel like a job. But I think outdoor education might be the exception to that. It seems like it's just one of those things that you love it. And if you can do it for a job, it just kind of becomes an overall life skill. So um, is your teaching background in outdoor adventures, outdoor education? What is your degree in specifically? And did you always know you wanted to go into this field?
4: Well, that's a good question. So my undergrad degree is from Nebraska Wesleyan, and it's in health and physical education, K through 12. So I can teach health and PE pretty much anywhere. I have been involved with like summer camps since I was eight. So from like as a camper, counselor, staff member, all the way up, um, I knew I loved the outdoors and getting kids excited about being outside was always kind of a passion. So I don't know, in the back of my mind, I was always like, how can we do this in PE? Because I, I don't know what your PE experience was, but by the time kids get to high school, They either love it or hate it. (laughs) So we have a variety of classes we can offer. So there's like weight training for the the athletes that want to, you know, keep getting big. But then I teach dance and outdoor adventure. And so we draw a whole different group of kids, which I personally love because they like what we do. So it's when we go hiking or or geocaching, it's different and it's kind of more up their alley. So it's nice that they get to choose my class and not that they're just placed there. So anyway, to back back up to your question, I did get my master's degree in um, adventure learning or adventure education. So it's more like the high ropes type thing where you do work on trust building, communication skills, kind of get kids working together and then go climb some ropes, like usually as a team. So at Lincoln High, we actually had a ropes course at the school um, or high elements, I should say, at the school. Um, Right now, that's the only school in Lincoln that still has that, but we've been able to utilize the University of Nebraska. They have a pretty amazing rock gym type thing, and our curriculum specialist has been really supportive about kind of boosting our outdoor adventure curriculum. So yeah, we've, we've been able to kind of take off and have three schools now teach outdoor adventure and not just my school you know my memory of
3: PE growing up is like running over my fingers with those plastic scooters or getting hit in the face with a dodgeball so I would have much rather done (laughs) done some of that outdoor adventure stuff that just sounds fascinating and the fact that you got your master's in that is what an
4: incredible career path It's really a master's in play, so it was kind of like the perfect master's solution. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm sensing a career change. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all thinking like, I mean, I have my
0: education degree and a master's in curriculum and education, but... I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and get another master's degree. <laughs> and that sounds that fun. <laughs> sounds like a lot more fun. Kind of going back to the introduction, knowing Amy for a while, I, I probably um, met Amy maybe through her parents. Her dad, John, is a Nebraska Hunter education instructor, which um, it's you know, speaks to our hearts at all of our levels. Her mom was, um, has always been, was active volunteer at expos. And uh, just, uh, she was such a sweetheart to be there. You know, I think it was maybe their pa- the passion that you learned from your parents, you know, for this, that encourage you to be outdoors. Uh, maybe give us a little background on how um how you grew up outdoors,
4: you know, tell us about that. Okay. Well, he did teach hunters ed, as you know, so he's been doing this for as long as I can remember. He only took us hunting once and we were pretty young and we took our dog with us and our dog was a Karen Terrier mutt, not your ideal hunting dog by any means. So the first time, and he, well, he was hunting with, you know, as soon as that first gun fired, my dog took off and ran back to the car. And so my mom and my siblings and I were like freaking out that we lost our dog. So we all like ran back to the car too. So that was kind of, I, you know, I, I know hunting's great, but I'm not a hunter. And that was probably my, (laughs) my one experience, but fishing, we would go fishing a lot. And I have the attention span of a gnat, which is probably why I'm a PE teacher, but like casting and nothing happening. I was kind of like, okay, so I would cast Put it in a little stand and then I'd go hiking I'd go check out the trees and leaves and pick up rocks and pine cones and all the other cool stuff um, so I was outside exploring a lot and then my mom she was raised on a farm so we would go out to her grand her parents house my grandparents house and we would be outside 24 7 when we were out there at the farm we would be helping with the farm we would be getting in the way playing they raised dogs so we would be playing with the puppies but we were always outside and then, of course, my parents loved to drive the countryside and just kind of look at stuff. And so when we were little, we didn't have a choice. It was like get in the car and go. But it was neat because um, my dad would always be like, find the animals in the distance. So we'd try to like find the deer on the tree line and try to like count how many turkeys we see. And we'd visit like every state park possible. We'd camp. We'd do all that stuff. So, I, gosh, I've been doing that for as long as I can remember and I just, I feel kind of at peace when I'm outside. So I think that's what I want to bring to this to schools and to the kids as well. Just make sure that they find some enjoyment being outside. since so many of them don't get outside much.
0: You're spot on there where you, your outdoor experience, you lived in town, but your outdoor experience was just to even go out in the countryside, get out of the city limits and just to go explore, see what you can find for deer, turkey, what birds are out there you know that right there is just an element
2: in itself to uh, explore the outdoors and draw a love for it well i definitely like the the masters of play i think that's that's cool amy and i think you know if one thing through the, the lovely times we've been having this last year with COVID and everything, I think a lot of folks have started to s- discover um, a play again. And, and it's been so awesome. And the schools are, are definitely ones that are coming to into play as well. Um, I don't know about Nebraska and Kansas, but I know we've sure have gotten more and more requests for schools wanting to incorporate outdoor recreation back into the school day. And, and that's been so awesome. Um, we used to have several schools doing it back in the 80s and 90s. And then we kind of seen. Uh, schools get away from from that as we got into the 2000s so it's so awesome to see um, outdoor rec coming back into the forefront and hunter ed as well Um, hunter ed's definitely near and dear to me as the hunter ed administrator for iowa and it's so cool to to see more and more schools reaching out wanting to get that back into into the program because you know it's a lot more than about hunting which you well know amy and it teaches so many great lifelong skills for the for the youth uh, uh, that are going through the the program's can you tell us a little bit about the Nebraska's Outdoor Adventures curriculum and how many schools are participating and kind of what are some of the fun activities that students get to do?
4: Yeah, so we teach an outdoor adventure education at LPS, and I know I kind of helped create it, Um, so we're the only school in, in Lincoln, and I think just in the southeast part of Nebraska that teaches outdoor adventure there's states in the western Nebraska that I know do elements I don't know if they have an actual outdoor adventure curriculum per se so much as like some of their classes go kayaking or hunting Um, what we do though we try to stick with things that the district will approve so like kayaking um, we actually can kayak in our pools for a little while and then Game and Parks has been amazing, and they've taken us out to Holmes Lake and brought their kayaks so the kids actually get an on-the-water experience, Um, so that's been really fun. We do fishing, both spin cast and fly fishing, so I was introduced to fly fishing around the time they told me I get to teach fly fishing, so I had to learn real quick and then teach it, so I'm far from an expert. I, I can catch a fish occasionally, but the kids, some of the kids really like it. Because for me, it gives me something to do the whole time. And so that's like a skill thing that I'm really into. So that's, they really like fishing. On a normal non-COVID year, we would get out to the lake for about a week or two. Like not necessarily in a row, but we would be out there actually fishing. We also do geocaching and map reading skills. So the kids actually get their device. We start around school, try to do stuff. But then we actually go to like Pioneer's Park or Wilderness Park or something. And we send them out. Try to go find real caches that are out there. What else? We do hiking. We do trip planning. Outdoor cooking's been a huge hit, mostly because they get to eat the food when we're done. So thanks to Julia and Game and Parks, they got us into the stuff. We now have our own supplies to do it, but the kids really enjoy that. We do shelter building. Um, if it's a bad day, we just do it with our badminton poles in the gym. If it's not, if it's nice out, we'll go out into the woods and build shelters and do fire building. We haven't been able to do much snowshoeing or snow sports because we don't offer a class during term three from January to March, um, which is the ideal time for that. Um, but if we did have snow in term two before December, then we would go sledding or do some something like that, look at some tracks. So that's kind of what our curriculum consists of. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some things. But yeah, that's it in a nutshell. How
3: cool is that? I just can't even. I'm so jealous of these kiddos that get to participate in this stuff. If I had gotten to eat in PE class, that would have made my day. You guys are getting a lot of insight into the type of child I was. <laughs> and and they weren't
0: they weren't healthy recipes either that we were teaching. So we kind of extra the hell found it. Kudos to Lincoln Public Schools uh, for a, opening the doors and the opportunity for For them to be able to teach this, the freedom, I should, I I could say to teach outdoor skills and not just that the basic soccer and like, Tana, like you said, scooters and dodgeball, although I think, I don't even think they let them do dodgeball anymore. (laughs) It's
3: probably too dangerous. (laughs) Man, Um, that was like the battlefield. I know, I know. You had issues, you worked it out in the dodgeball court in PE. (laughs) think that's probably why they took it away <laughs> yeah then claws came out i was always like unsuspecting just taking it in the face it was not fun
0: <laughs> and this is where tana got her um her desire to be competitive <laughs> came out. Yeah, in the... <laughs> <that's right. laughs> um, but anyways, you? you know, for Lincoln Public Schools to allow this opportunity and open the doors and give Amy and the other PE instructors in the district that opportunity to teach this to the students, you know that that's exciting. Um, I have had the opportunity to discuss that opportunity, discuss the curriculum, and brainstorm at their. Um, headquarters office in their district level. And they're always open to new opportunities and expand. So um, again, you know, shout out to Lincoln Public Schools. I know they they work closely with the State Department of Education um, in Nebraska. And so, you know, I, as I speak out there, and if there's other schools in our state, or even in your states, Iowa and Kansas, to incorporate that somehow into your schools and i know iowa you your schools are providing hunter education Um, another outdoor skill in lincoln public schools is the national archery in the schools program so uh, it's expanding and we can only hope that it continues to expand more And uh, those pe teachers that physical education teachers like amy
1: um, are open to do that so Amy, I have, along with Tana, so interested in your story. There's so many commonalities. I also grew up uh, teaching environmental ed at camps and running camps and all that good stuff. And then realizing that there are bank accounts. And I, unfortunately, was not as fortunate as you to find masters of fun or masters of play. And I... uh Ended up changing career paths and going in a different direction, but um, but my best friend actually grew up in Marin County in California. So I'm amazed that you left there um, because there's something about looking at the Pacific and, and the Golden Gate. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Lincoln certainly has its draws and so does the rest of the central United States. But um, there's something about that Pacific, so
4: it's it's breathtaking that's for sure
1: when you can see it of course right like if yes. nobody nobody takes into consideration that fog yes. but um, <laughs> so we so you kind of were talking a little bit about outdoor adventures and and how it got created that you worked with um, game and parks and and Lincoln public schools curriculum to kind of get things started i know here in iowa we have a couple school districts that do similar programs and they're always super sought after um, and they're always coming to us for, for more information. But I wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper and to see how did you go about getting curriculum? Was it Was it Lincoln Public Schools started and said, hey, we want to do this and we're looking for that person to do it? Or were you on staff and said, I think this is a missing link that that we really need to, to hone in on?
4: That's It was more the second part. So that's a good question. So I, when I started teaching, I'll just back it up to California for a second. Um, there was a hiking course. So the, the teacher, the uh, master teacher, he was my mentor, he created like a, an adventure room at the school. So there was high ropes everywhere. But he also had a hiking class and a sailing class. And so the students would actually get to go hiking around Marin County for 16 weekends out of the whole school year. It was a year-long course. Um, or sailing, they'd sail in the bay for 16 Saturdays out of the out of the school year. Um, so just having that experience, I could see how much it it was, it was so good for the kids. The kids loved it. And I loved it as a teacher because I really got to know the kids because when you're hiking for seven to 14 miles, you have long conversations with kids you couldn't have in the classroom. So that was cool because I've been able to maintain relationships with some of those students that I had 15, 20, 15 years ago or so. But um, I knew at one point that I would probably return to Nebraska, um, not because Marin County wasn't stunning, but I was. it was very expensive. We'll leave it at that. And my parents are very motivating to try to get me to come back. So um, I spoke with the curriculum specialist at the time at one of our national conventions, and I said, hey, I'm interested in teaching in Lincoln, but I don't want to teach regular P.E., If I'm going to come back, here's what I want to do. I want to do an outdoor adventure style course. And this is the kind of curriculum that I'm interested in teaching. And she was on board. She was like, yes, let's do this. And that was kind of my foot in the door. So I got back into the district the next year and she helped me build this course from the ground up so she was amazing she retired not long ago but Matt Avey's been amazing too so like he's a big hunter fisherman type person too so he's gotten us more away from the ropes course into the I guess the hunter ed type just outdoor education stuff which is just as important for the kids so that's kind of how it came here and thankfully we've been able to get some other teachers on board with in the district so that they're willing to teach it at their schools as well so the goal is to get more people on board so we have all six high schools teaching this curriculum and so it's never too late so rachel if you want to come to nebraska and teach outdoor adventure in the high schools (laughs) we may have openings
1: Thanks. So I live here in Des Moines, in Iowa, and um, I think I'm going to maybe make it a challenge to try and see if we can get our our city public schools on board too, because um, my kids go there. And what an awesome opportunity, like you said, uh, especially in in a pretty landlocked city environment, to have those outlets um, that. That they may not naturally have unless a, a family member um, is willing to do it. It's, it's a really awesome opportunity and, and kudos to, to kind of echo Julia's statements, Lincoln, for being aware of that and, and really honing in and, and offering that to their students. Amy, do you have any plans for outside of school trips? Um, I know that one of the schools here in Iowa has incorporated a boundary water trip um, into their curriculum. So wondering if you if you have your sights set on on anything bigger than just some of the local parks and stuff that you have opportunity to.
4: I would love to. That would be amazing. Um, We used to do a camping trip as part of our curriculum where we'd actually take the kids when I taught at Lincoln High, we'd take them just for the weekend and just do like a one night overnight thing at Pawnee Lake, which was still in city boundaries. There's a lot of loopholes. I think that's the part where we're, we're struggling with, but if we can do like a club outdoor adventure club or something outside of school and just offer it to our students, be like, Hey, this is something that's available for you. That's not necessarily tied with the school. I think that might be a more feasible way to get it done, but that would be outstanding because really we don't have, any rock climbing here in Lincoln or in Nebraska in general, but there's, there's some that's within a drivable distance. So we could go do that. So yes, I'd love to do more. So whoever has tips on the boundary waters, fill me in (laughs) because I would love to know more.
0: (laughs) Amy, do you, have any, you know, like a show of hands or some evaluation, hard data evaluation that shows that when these kids enter your classroom, that they've never done these activities before, and that this is the first time that they have fished or been in a kayak?
4: Yes, um, so I do do a, I do have a pre-evaluation for the students and just kind of get their feedback, because sometimes we like to, we would like to offer biking as well. In the curriculum but there's so many kids that either don't have a bike don't know how to ride a bike they don't have locks or helmets there's just a lot of stuff going on but there's many that have like some boy scout experience so they might be able to help with some of the survival skills and things like that but a lot of them like if they've fished they've only fished with a parent or someone who's basically done everything for them so they don't know how to tie the knots on. They don't want to touch the fish if they catch something. So it's just little steps. So they may have been introduced to it, but they haven't really dived in and actually tried it firsthand. So it's more of a scratch the surface experience prior to class. Amy, it's
3: come up a couple of times in this conversation and I've tried to be patient and let it go, but I just can't. We've mentioned snowshoeing. And every time we get into these conversations, I come in thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know a few things about outdoors. And then we bring up something and it's like, nope, I know nothing. So snowshoeing, my idea of snowshoeing is like in the cartoons when the characters strap a tennis racket onto their feet. Um, Can you talk a little bit about snowshoeing? (laughs) Um, Just kind of fill me in because that is like my basic uh, image that's in my head. So talk to me about snowshoeing, places to go or any art to it. I know nothing.
4: Well, I have to say I have the basic skills so I can, I can do it successfully for me. I don't know how well I, I do in like Colorado in the, you know, four feet deep snow. I've tried it a few times and it's, it's fun. It's beautiful. But to, I first started snowshoeing in at Yosemite state park in California. So I tried it for the first time and um, they do look like tennis rackets, but they are, <laughs> it's the longer they are, the better flotation you have. So that just means the more on the surface of the snow, you'll stay, but a really small person wearing really big snowshoes. It's not going to be productive for them because it's just going to get in the way. So there's, I, I learned a lot of my snowshoeing skills from the REI website or just YouTube videos because they have all kinds of instructional videos on how to do these things. But I personally like to use trekking poles or snowshoeing poles with my snowshoes because I have terrible balance. And when I'm looking at the scenery and trying to walk in snow, I'm bound to fall over. So these the poles help a lot with stability and just staying, staying in, in, in the direct line, I guess. But it's it's like h- h- hiking in the woods, right? So it's just a lot harder, but it's more scenic too. So because you're looking at snow that hasn't been touched by anything in Lincoln, I guess I usually just go to Wilderness Park or Pioneers Park because it's close by, but you could really go anywhere. My parents live next to a park, and I saw people snowshoeing in the park yesterday. So anywhere there's deep enough snow, you can go for a a walk with snowshoes. And it's awesome because there's zero learning curve. You don't have to have a lot of skill to do this. If you know how to walk, you can snowshoe. Yeah. So <laughs> as long as you're able to like grab some, you know, keep some water with you. Cause you never, it, you actually do like, you get super thirsty as you hike. So having that with you is, is a good thing too. As far as where you can find snowshoes in town. I mean, I was at, I'm a member of Costco, so they have their own, but I would just go to UNL honestly UNL does rentals and it's, they do have them for like $12 a day. So you can, rent them for two days and 24 bucks here. If you love it, go get a pair. At least you kind of can experiment and see if you like it or not. So that's an easy solution. I'm sure there's other places around the state that rent them as well. Otherwise you can get some pretty inexpensive ones at places like Costco or Sam's Club. If you're looking at some that might last a little bit longer, be more specific to you. I, I bought mine at REI years ago. So they have tons of information and help with sizing so you can get the right size shoe for what your needs are. So there's a lot of options out there. So
3: Amy, we're seeing varying degrees of snow cover pretty much all throughout the United States. Is there a minimum amount of snow needed to snowshoe? Um, or it, can you pretty much do it at any level or is there a maximum where you don't go outside if there's six feet of snow, you're not going to have a fun time snowshoeing.
4: That would be more fun. I think <laughs> the deeper the snow, the better. Well, yeah, just so, take your way
3: out. <laughs>
4: yeah. So the first time I went here in Lincoln this year, we only had like four inches. So that was probably like, you don't really need snowshoes for that, but it was, you're still on the surface a little more. And I felt like I got a better workout. I could have done the same thing with just hiking shoes, but it was kind of fun. Ideally now with a foot and a half of snow that we have on the ground, this is awesome for snowshoeing because you're not going to sink clear in. I mean, again, Colorado, they have three plus feet of snow up in the mountains and I've snowshoed there too. And it's just stunning. Like the more snow there is, the fewer people there are going to be. So that's nice. So if you want to get away from people and just get out to nature, you can just grab some snowshoes and go out into the deep snow.
3: So is there a texture that's best for this? Like right now in Pretty Prairie, Kansas, we have just that light, powdery, fluffy snow that blows away. But I know in some areas they're getting that like snowball snow that is wet and really packable. Um, Is one better than the other or does it matter?
4: I don't think it matters. My experience of the more powdery it is, I mean, it's fun because it just kind of just, it's just easy to walk in. The more slushy, the slushier the snow is, the harder it is to walk in. And it's just, it's going to be a harder workout, but it's still doable. It's definitely fun for both. So it's kind of up to your preference. Try it in your yard for a while. If you think you can go for a longer hike, then go out to the trailhead and try it Try it out there.
0: And I would suggest that, you know, the first time you're using them to think about as you're hiking out and, and you're on that 30 minute walk to remember that you always have to come back <laughs> to save that energy, especially for the first time. And I, uh, one of our Becoming Outdoor Woman followers, she, there was some discussion on our Facebook page about snowshoeing, and she had, she was laughing at herself because she was, she was walking and she forgot that she had him on and She'd kind of st- stop and fall on her face. So, yeah, like you said, there's certain so, something to certainly get used to, but as in any outdoor skill or it's it's an adventure to try. And I bet it's like a new pair of shoes. Once you get used to them, you're ready to rock and
3: roll.
4: Yeah. It's there's if you're sidestepping or going up hills or downhills, it's definitely a skill to kind of practice because you're the back end can flip up and you can get trip over. But at least if you fall, you're falling in some powder. So it's not like you're going to get too hurt.
2: It's funny that we've gotten onto the, the subject of snowshoeing, and I definitely think snowshoeing is going to be an activity in my future as well as um, my soon-to-be six-year-old daughter has a grandma that, that lives up in Wisconsin and up in the Northwoods, and snowshoeing is one of her favorite activities. So Addison's actually moving on to her second pair of snowshoes already at her young age. So I definitely see a pair coming in my future as that's definitely an activity that she's enjoyed and, and would love to get her doing it around Iowa too. And I think what you mentioned, it's one cool thing about snowshoeing is, I mean, you can do it super urban, you can do it right out your back door. I mean, um, you just need a little bit of snow. So it's an activity that you don't have to go drive to or anything. And it provides a great workout, like you mentioned. So I think that's one of the kind of the attractive things about it is that you can do it, you can make it as easy or as hard as you want. And in Iowa, um, a couple of places that tend to rise up to the top of the list to go snowshoeing are definitely between our state parks and our county conservation boards. Um, If you're looking for some more of those more scenic and and nature-inspired locations to go out and And some of the favorites are Jester Park, um, located here near Des Moines, Um, the Stone State Park Loop, which is up by Sioux City, Um, the Cedar River Greenbelt up in Mitchell County. That's probably one of the most beautiful, and they definitely get plenty of snow. And we have a really good uh, naturalist up there that does lots of programming and stuff. And I believe they might even have snowshoes to rent, like you mentioned. A lot of these county conservation boards or city parks areas. You can rent and try it out for the day. A couple other areas are the the Clive Greenbelt in Des Moines. Again, it can be just something as close as your backyard. And and then our White Walk Conservancy, just west of Des Moines, about an hour over by the Coon Rapids area, they have a couple of awesome trails. And then I'd be remittance if I didn't mention up at Dolliver State Park and Pilot Knob State Park, um, some of our um, most historic parks and and very scenic and beautiful parks are some great places to to get out and and go. So, um, Amy, what are some of the favorite places that you like to go snowshoeing? And then maybe we can have Kansas and Nebraska jump in here and, and list off a couple of places that our listeners can enjoy too.
4: I'm sure Julia knows more than I do as far as great places around the state to go hiking. You've got all the the parks down, but I mean, Mahoney State Park's wonderful too. It's like an easy park between Omaha and Lincoln. Um, I'm sure Platte River State Park's going to be awesome. It's difficult to hike there without some sort of like cramp on if, it, if it's icy at all. So snowshoes could be perfect because it's got enough metal teeth that will keep you from sliding so even if you do have just a few inches of snow then you should still be okay walking but gosh there's so many state parks around the state where you can just go and put on snowshoes and go for it as long as you're not on someone's private land you should be good and stay off of pavement so like the paved trails around Mahoney ignore those and just head back to the to the real trails back in the woods because you'll just do more damage to your snowshoes than you would if you're walking on dirt. Yeah, Amy.
0: There's there's certainly across the entire state of Nebraska, there's gorgeous state parks, our state recreation areas in Nebraska, historical areas, even our you know our wildlife public management areas, our public lands. Uh, like you said, again, even your city parks. Just you know, that's one of those things that it's you can explore and do go about anywhere. And like you said, just be cautious on private land and if it is a private land again you know approach that uh, landowner to ask it maybe maybe Ooh, i got an idea ladies well we we can jazz up this uh contest of ours we put on the snowshoes when we go out shed
3: hunting (laughs) i like it i like where this is going i don't know where you guys are at in that competition but i have not collected any sheds unfortunately i did go look But I also never got my jersey, so I don't want to participate anymore.
1: I'm pretending that the snow is going to melt at some point, and then I will be out shed hunting. So I'm going to keep the two activities separate personally. Yeah, it's probably a good idea.
2: Places in Kansas you want to highlight, Tana?
3: Kansas, we've got opportunities at state parks, like in other places. That would be a great place to start. I will warn folks um, not to be checking out a walk-in hunting area, because we do have regulations stating that those are for use for hunting specifically. Um, So unless you're maybe walking out squirrel hunting, maybe don't go snowshoeing in our walk-in hunting areas. However, we do have lots of public access areas. Um, There's some really great river trails in Lawrence specifically, I know in Wichita as well, if you're in more of an urban setting. I would love to check out the Wilson State Park area for snowshoeing. It's just absolutely gorgeous, little gem. So, we've definitely, I would check out the state parks. I think I'd echo everybody else's sentiments there.
1: And I'm going to echo Amy's comments about renting snowshoes. It's a great way to really experience it um, with with a pretty minimal upfront cost to discover if you enjoy it. We kind of talked about REI has some great rental programs. Um, Here in Iowa, county conservation boards are a great resource. Um, Some of our state parks also offer ability to rent. I know Megan mentioned city park and recs also often will rent them out and In addition to snowshoes, they would also do a lot of cross-country skiing. So another great way to get out into the – into some – pristine snow in your backyard, like we've mentioned, you don't have to go far to discover that there's a lot of snow that hasn't been walked on before and and to see how beautiful it is.
0: You know, this has been an amazing conversation. Amy, we thank you for your time, uh, your motivation and a perfect example of how it's successful in a large district. You know, Lincoln Public Schools is a large district and, you know, if they are comfortable, and they see it being successful, and you have proof in your classroom that, you know, this is making a difference. Then, you know, I think a lot of our other districts statewide and all of our nation st- nationwide should continue to push this curriculum to put into their PE standards. And then also your tips on snowshoeing. I, I love the idea. I think maybe I'll go out and even on the farm, snap on those snowshoes and go check some cows. <laughs> and it is, it's one of those easy skills that I think you can pick up. Uh, they're fairly inexpensive to purchase, uh, even rent to try them out. And you know, you said there was a lot of YouTube and other educational opportunities to explore. So thank you for your time, Amy.
4: Thank you. Thank all of you.
0: We should probably let you go before the uh, students start running back into the classroom.
4: <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>
0: yes. We, again, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of She Goes Outdoors. Here is the big announcement. So we wrapped up, we closed, we're about to send out the uh, boxes for the outdoor cooking and the really big announcement here the really big announcement is uh, the next box and that theme is going to be fishing. Now I know it's hard to think about fishing right now this episode will go out there when everything is frozen tundra but you know we're, we're thinking spring fishing uh, check out the website of escooutdoors.com. Don't want to miss out on this one. Uh, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to our website where you can purchase that box now at escooutdoors.com. Thank you again for joining us and we will see you outdoors.